0: to our third Clark and Wild Design Week podcast. Today's guest is Jonathan. Jonathan is a National Sales Manager at Optelman. So thank you for joining me Jonathan.
1: Thank you very much for having me here.
0: So Jonathan can you tell us a little bit about your role at Optelman?
1: Okay um, so Optalman's in my blood. I mean my father John uh, founded the business back in the late 80s, oh, okay. early 90s so I've been surrounded by it all my life uh, as a national sales manager my role is business development and account management so I have certain key accounts It's my job to make sure that they're happy and that we provide them with the right solutions and then uh, on top of that to, to go out and find more people to keep happy mm-hmm. and provide solutions for in a nutshell that's what I do great so it's
0: in your blood that's interesting you must you must love it
1: yeah <laughs> there's, a, there's a I, I do I, I secretly do love it uh, there's a thing um, that you fall into lighting mm, okay. um, I don't think people ever grow up wanting to be a lighting designer <laughs> or work for a lighting manufacturer it just happens mm. but once you're there you develop a passion for it, yeah. you develop a love of it the more you understand it uh, the more you love it, and the lighting community is is a is a lovely place to be. everybody's very nice, very supportive.
0: It'd be lovely to be able to focus specifically on lighting as a team of designers. It's you know we have knowledge of everything, but having you guys sort of specialising in lighting design and etc. It's, it's it's great. Yeah,
1: I don't envy. Uh, designers and architects in general—the <laughs> amount of knowledge they have to have about so many different areas—whereas we can, we really can just focus on on that one yeah. area and become sort of specialist in it. It's, it's quite useful. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So obviously, we're recording this for Clarkhamer Design Week. Um, what have you got planned?
1: Uh, we've got a full programme of, of talks and, and workshops in our showroom in Clarkhamer. Um, everything from wireless controls and the ecosystem surrounding that wireless technology to new product launches, both ours and our partner product launches. We've got a showroom relaunch. Clocking on Zoom it's the perfect time to refresh. Um, so that'll be a fun evening. Um, and just sort of giving the space over as well to, to some of our partners, because we work, we work closely with, with a few companies to provide sort of the best solutions to market. So a company like Bega Lighting, who are one of the most respected lighting manufacturers Mm -hmm. in the industry, and companies like Atelier Setup, who are our longest standing partner almost since the company was founded. They are plaster masters, Um, and so we'll be giving an overview and a, a launch of their new products and finishes as well.
0: And it's nice to put all your partners in the spotlight as well during that time. It shows the collaboration between you all, doesn't
1: it, And coming together. 100%. Nobody, nobody ever has all the answers. No. And anybody who says they do is, is just... A liar. It's a liar. <laughs> yeah, completely. So you do need to, to lean on, on partnerships yeah. and friends. And, and we have a really healthy network. And you have a, a, a good relationship with the Green Light Alliance? We do, yeah. We have a, a lovely relationship and have given over some time in our showroom during Clark Miles Army for them to host a talk on their various initiatives. We've been a part of a couple of initiatives over the years. It's a lovely group of designers and manufacturers and other stakeholders in the lighting industry with the aim of creating a more circular sector and to promote sustainability within lighting. Brilliant.
0: Sustainability within lighting. I think that's a big one, isn't it? Because, you know, we are in an energy crisis.
1: How do you tackle that? 100%. uh, Through initiative and constant development and the implementation of smart technology. Genuinely, these days, smart controls, sensors, uh, etc can help you minimise your lighting use. Our job isn't about selling all the lights, it's about selling solutions, and sometimes our job is to make sure that the solutions are using as little light as possible. Um, And we can do that through uh, the clever use of controls and sensors to make sure that if a space is not occupied, that lights are off or low, and where spaces are occupied, that the right levels are in place, rather than having spaces that are overlit and therefore consuming too much energy. But it goes beyond that. It goes about making sure that your lights are as efficient as they can be. So the light that's coming out of the source of the LED, for example, that you're getting as close to 100% of that as possible when it's hitting the surface. There's so lot of science
0: behind it, isn't there? there is a
1: hell of a lot of science. More science than I um, care to learn about. <laughs> it's, inter-
0: it's interesting, actually. And ironically, I was listening to a podcast this morning. It was a Desert Island Discs with Dara O'Brien. And uh, he was talking about when he goes off to the desert island. He's excited about not being polluted by light. And the, on the light pollution scale, London is an eight out of ten, which is it's terrible. It's massive, isn't it's it? It's
1: terrible. And actually, uh, Bega, our partner Bega, are very invested in something called the Dark Sky Initiative, which is about producing product uh, luminaires that give very, very, very little light. Above the horizontal plane. So, therefore, concentrating the light downwards onto the areas that are supposed to be lit rather than losing so much light into the sky, so to speak, which is exactly what you see when you look across your skyline and you just see that glow above all the buildings. That's that's all light pollution. And the Dark Sky Initiative is something that's trying to tackle that. And it comes through in projects such as Clifton Suspension Bridge, where we were asked to block out half of our diffuser on our product because the light coming out of that half was just going off into the sky it wasn't illuminating the bridge itself so we adapted our product to decrease the amount of light pollution or eradicate the light pollution so those things are incredibly important incredibly important
0: absolutely and it goes back to that whole piece of balancing how something functions versus how it looks as well. Um, I think that's always something that we're, we're sort of up against, isn't it? A hundred percent, yeah. So, October have worked on some pretty big projects recently, including the new South Bank Centre, which is very exciting. Um, how do you think that lighting has changed this space, or can you tell us a bit more about that project?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're lucky to have worked on, on a lot of notable, prestigious projects throughout mm-hmm. the years. Um, including the South Bank Centre, which it was uh, an incredible project to work on. So in this project, lighting was the key to the space. It was the, almost the sole determining factor in how that space would look and feel. Because the architecture in the space is quite brutalist. There was a lot of concrete about, and, and they, that wasn't really being dressed up or anything like that. So, the lighting was so important to have it at one moment being this relaxed performance art, art space, and then that night being a nightclub where a rave was being held. And, and all of that really was about the implementation of different lighting scenes. Yeah. And Max Fordham were the designers on that project and, and took that brief and really sort of delivered on it. They created this bespoke scheme that not only changed how the space is perceived just by the click of a button, but also how that, the lighting itself is really integrated into the space. Yeah. It'd be too easy to install some rigging with some color-changing spotlights on. It's you obvious. Know, it, it's, it's too easy to do, yeah. and, but it wouldn't, have been, it wouldn't have been right for the space. So they developed a bespoke scheme that integrated the lights into the architecture. You have these, oh, these 23 different shaped pyramids, in the ceiling of that space. Uh, and so we had to create 69 bespoke luminaires to go into that space because each pyramid had three elements to it. And every element was different from the last. But it, it worked absolutely wonderfully. So that space gets transformed just by clicking the scene that you want. Yeah, you don't necessarily notice yes. register the lighting, so to speak.
0: And that's, a, that's an amazing feature to have. You know, we, we're designing a hotel at the moment that's got a sort of all-day cafe bar within it, and you know, lighting is a key feature within that design because we need to help them transform it from day to night in a way that is so easy operationally. It is a click of a button that completely transforms it because you're looking at different audiences, everything else. So, you know, technology has, has really advanced that, hasn't it?
1: It does, and and we implement a lot of smart technology now including wireless control systems, partly because it's actually more sustainable than a traditional control system because you can do away with the cabling required for hardwired systems. So you're using fewer materials in the construction process, but it offers flexibility and future proofing and uh, a user experience uh, which is much more accessible than traditional systems as well but you can do you can transform spaces so much easier and so where possible we will always try and implement those because it does mean you can set circadian rhythms and anatomical clocks so that the the light levels or the color of the light can change as the day goes on to mimic the exterior the outside world to to help
0: I mean it's definitely it's definitely moved on. I remember years ago I used to work for a, a restaurant chain and I looked up to their sort of internal communications and we were trying to get the teams throughout the country to transform the restaurant from day to night by you know putting candles on and turning the lights down. And as a reminder to everyone to do it, we used to play Relight My Fire through all the systems at six <laughs> o'clock to get people to do
1: it. <laughs> now you know it just happened it doesn't you know do you know this this, as much as i love light it's not just artificial light candlelight is is perfect and it's a shame these days that candlelight's gone and it's been replaced by battery operated led candles yeah that's a real shame it is a shame it is
0: absolutely so we worked with you on the guardsman hotel which is to date one of our favourite projects it's absolutely beautiful this hotel I know it's really difficult to balance sort of natural daylight with artificial light can you tell us about what we did with you guys there yeah
1: so I mean the main involvement that we had in the project was in the creation of some bespoke features for you one over the reception another couple in the restaurant space you got to design your own pattern on a recessed plaster dome and then using our partner Atelier CDAP we were able to mill out the pattern that you guys created into a bespoke illuminated recessed dome so as you walk into the reception it's it's really eye-catching
0: Yeah, it's very impactful isn't it? And then
1: again there were another couple in, in the restaurant or in the snug but honestly it was the job of Hawley to work on that balance of, of artificial and natural light mm-hmm. Our job is just to make sure that we're producing the fittings that they require. I mean, in this sort of space, you've got to let the natural light do its job. Mm -hmm. Two reasons, in my opinion. One, because natural light, everything looks better under natural light. But number two, because if we're talking about energy and and sustainability, why would you double light a space? Why would you have all this artificial lighting when you've got enough light coming in through your doors and your windows anyway? Mm -hmm. So it's about using a, a combination. You've got to design the space For when there is no natural light coming in, because in a restaurant, for example, the majority of business is going to be after dark. So you've got to design that space to create the right ambience. Yeah, the ambience
0: is so important at at
1: nighttime. However, you've also got a responsibility to think beyond that and implement controls, sensors, etc., to balance out. And essentially minimize that artificial lighting during those hours when you have got all that natural daylight coming through um so again that was the, that was the job of hauling yeah. um and I, I think it was an excellently executed project in that regard as well yeah
0: well that yeah i mean that that sort of basement restaurant that, that we have there it's quite dark but then you've got this flood of natural daylight coming down one of the walls. So yeah, that must have been a real sort of balancing act to make the two work together.
1: Yeah, you, you can find a lot of time, if you've got a lot of natural daylight coming in at one end, the other side of that space can feel quite dark. Mm. So in a way, you've almost kind of got to overlight yeah. because the way we perceive that light essentially means perhaps over-lighting in inverted commas, yeah. but really trying to create a balance. Yeah,
0: definitely. So. How would you say the importance of lighting in the interior design process has increased
1: over the years? For lighting designers, it isn't about seeing the lights. Mm. It's about lighting a space and just see the lit effect. Whereas interior designers generally will come from the point of view as they tend to spec decorative and feature lighting elements which want to be seen mm. because it's the aesthetic of the light itself that adds to the space, and not just the lit effect that that fitting gives, so there is that balance which you have to really work at because the interior designer has this concept it's all visual it's all about embellishment of a space and
0: experience isn't it experience
1: And essentially, the architectural lighting side of a project enhances the space that the interior design has created. Um, so we try and do that as invisibly as possible because you don't want track and spotlights being the focal point. Those spotlights are there to light something.
0: Yeah, enhance. the design. Yeah, probably it?
1: something that the interior designers thought about yeah. and, and specified for a particular reason. Yeah. So there is that balance that, that has to be struck. You can't just have a space devoid of feature and decorative lighting either yeah. because you would lose part of that experience as you say
0: it's all going to come together and complement each other hasn't yeah, it that's, it does that's really important it
1: really does which is why it's it's just magical when you end up with this design team where everybody kind of understands each other yeah. to be honest I would say that space, Wimbledon is a great example of that. We were asked to essentially take control of certain areas because the decorative feature lighting wasn't really required. But in lots of other areas, Rich has a very, very, very clear concept that we need to stick to. And so it was a way of finding the right fitting to make sure that the space is illuminated properly for its purpose, but making sure that those concepts visuals come to life a good understanding of how to use light can elevate a space where your budget has perhaps restricted the sort of materials and finishes that you've been able to to specify in the process if something's just a brick wall a brick wall can look fantastic if it's illuminated properly if you use the right color temperature if you use the right light source if you're trying to graze a wall for example so I would say it's, it's probably, it has become more important as the years have gone on. Because I think these days, everybody is being asked to do more with less. So you don't necessarily have the budgets that you would have had in yesteryear to specify the nicest materials. But that doesn't mean that through the right use of light, you can't still get Premium finished product.
0: It's interesting what you say how lighting can completely change a product. Um, I have a personal story actually. I recently brought a sofa from a well known sofa brand and I chose it in their showroom. I chose the colour that was on display and it was burnt orange. I was like, burnt orange sofa, that's going to look amazing in my living room. It arrived and I looked at it and I was like, that's salmon. That is not a bad orange sofa. (laughs) I was so upset, I was like, this is not the sofa I chose. So anyway, I call their customer care and they send somebody out with a swatch to look at it. And you know, the swatch was the same color as the sofa. And the guy explained to me that, you know, where was it on display in the showroom? And I said, well, it was right at the back under a spotlight. And now it's in my bright open apartment and it looks completely different.
1: Case it in point. That illustrates you... wonderfully the importance of light. Um, can you
0: tell us about any new and exciting projects or products
1: that you've got coming up? Uh, we are well. We are launching brand new product at Clark and Well Design Week, um, which I'm not going to say too much about because I'd love people to come and find out for themselves at our showroom. We've got a, We've got the official launch that uh, suffice to say, we have done our homework, we've talked to designers, we've understood, listened to what they need in a product, and and gone about trying to create something that's going to tick, tick lots of those boxes for them, um, so that people have got something that they have said they need, rather than something that we think they need, which I think sometimes can happen. Mm-hmm. So excited about that, That's very uh, really, really excited about that. I look forward to, to seeing. Yeah. Are you there a big really
0: team?
1: Uh, we're not, we're, we're all quite a small company, yeah. but I feel it really plays to our strengths. Mm. We have a reputation within the lighting industry for being people who are easy to work with and being flexible okay. uh, and adapted. When people have problems, they come to us because they know that we're going to be able to respond quickly. Uh, think we're nice to deal with <laughs> um, but no we're not we're not a big team but we like it yeah
0: Jonathan thank you so much for coming and meeting with us today chatting to us about all things lighting <laughs> thank you very much for it's having me a, it's been a great conversation yeah. we're really looking forward to seeing what you guys do for Clark and our design team. yes
1: well I, I hope you come here to visit we it'd will. be lovely to to chat to you all in our space and
0: absolutely yeah great thank
1: you so much lovely thanks